Hello and welcome to a brand new series of In The Frame. I'm Andrew Tomlins and I'm very excited to be back for series two of this podcast. Over the next 10 weeks or so, I'll be sitting down with an amazing bunch of theatrical names for a series of candid conversations. Our first guest of the series is a national treasure. It is the legendary Anita Harris. Anita has had an incredible career as a singer and actress. She's crossed mediums, topping the charts with her music. She became renowned for her performances in the Carry On films, and she's done so much stuff on screen. Plus, she has worked extensively in theatre, taking on many roles in musicals and plays in the West End and on tour. Anita is currently touring the UK in Rufus Norris's production of Cabaret. I recently sat down with Anita whilst the musical was in Oxford pre-show for the most amazing chat. It was hard to know where to start because Anita has obviously done so much, there's so much to talk about, but we kind of ended up jumping all over the place, uh, but just having the most wonderful conversation. We discussed all things cabaret and life on the road, as well as her relationship with theatre. She didn't stop singing and laughing throughout the entire interview. It was so much fun and it was such a joy to record. And I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but according to Wikipedia, Anita is 77 years old. She is literally an icon. Here is the interview. Anita Harris, you're in the frame. Thank you so much for having me here. And all those sparkly lights all around the frame. <laughs> we are in a very glamorous room. <laughs> no one can see. We're in the company manager's office, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> in Oxford. Um, there are some kind of chocolates and cookies behind you, so we'll Now try. you tell me. <laughs> so we'll try to not uh-huh. dive into temptation. Um, so you're currently on tour in Cabaret. Yes. And I was just saying, I've seen this production before, and it's a glorious, glorious production. When did you first see Cabaret? When did this show come into your life for the first time? Actually, just for this particular um, uh, casting time, because uh, I had obviously, well, not obviously, but I'd seen the film with lovely Liza, Mm -hmm. and I had not realised it until actually into rehearsal how Rufus Norris the director who is the director of the National Theatre had wanted to bring it right into the darkness of that time in Berlin Mm. Berlin Mm. with the Nazi uprising Uh, and I have to say in in its terribleness it he's done it so beautifully that it's so believable Mm. um, that Sometimes at the end of the show, people in the audience are just silent. And so the theatrical experience of sharing that with a couple of thousand people in the theatre is a phenomenal thing. And for us on that stage, when the end is there and we have to then go on and stand to take our bows, um, there's like an eeriness and then the curtain goes up, or the what we call the wall mm. goes up, and uh, and then it everybody sort of, you know, it's wonderful standing and everything. So to be part of such a glorious production is very very special. 
Very special. And it's an incredibly powerful show. In some <clears throat> ways, I think it's set in a very different world to the world we live in now. However, one can draw parallels, can't they, in times of... It's, awful things are going on in that world and crazy things are going on in this world now. Can you feel that audiences are kind of taking quite a lot away from seeing it in 2020? I think, um, without getting too deep... No, uh, that's not. That's well, not no, no. <laughs> There's no business like show <laughs> business. <laughs> However, it is very thought-provoking. Mm. And we are in 2020s. You know, the roaring 20s of Mm -hmm. 1920s Mm -hmm. went into the 30s roaring. And there is definitely a a frisson, if you like, a feeling that the world has to be very careful that it doesn't go back to those days. Please, God, it doesn't. Uh, So, yes, there is that tangibility, that, that, that sense. However... We are in a show, and the show is music, wonderful songs written by Kander and Ebb, and a company of players that I'm really so proud of and with, Um, John Partridge playing the MC. He has found something totally unique. It's perfect casting. To himself, yes. Yeah. Um, and he, it, there is a darkness, but there's that naughtiness and that uh, friskiness and that um, really not not worrying about delving into what the Kit Kat Club was. And, and then you've got the beautiful Cara Lily Hayworth. I didn't see her in Scylla, but I understand everybody that, that has seen her in it says she was glorious in that. So in this, she's, it's a role she tells me, uh, tells everybody that uh, she wants, she's always wanted to play. So when she sings, What Good Is Sitting? She brings the house Don't down. Don't stop singing. Okay, no, 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 no. I'll let her do that. Um, bless her heart. Um, and mine hair, and maybe this time I'll be lucky. You know, she does it so beautifully. Um, and then I, uh, I have the joy of working with Herr Schulz. I am um, Fräulein Schneider, by the way. Herr Schulz, who I tend to fall in love with, and then it doesn't work out. However, um, spoiler: <laughs> James Patterson, Jimmy, uh, has a glorious voice. Uh, from the uh, he was with the Scottish Opera for years, mm-hmm. and he's been in Phantom and Cats, and so our um, our backgrounds from being, especially being in Cats. Uh, we have this little something special. Were you in Cats together? No. 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 Uh, and John, of course, was in Cats. Yes. John Partridge. That's a so lot of it's, it's a legacy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know something? When you've been in Cats, you, it stays with you. Uh, whatever stage, I was in it for two years at the New London. But uh, being again with that company, that energy... You bring it forward with you into your next, mm-hmm. you know, challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, golly, what else can I say about this glorious show? It's, it's and tell, well, tell me more about your character and how there's a lot of amazing people have played her before. So, how do you when you're when you're taking on a role that other people have played? Are you are you conscious of that? Are you aware of that, or do you kind of approach it as if no one's done it before? Oh no, very aware of it and uh, uh, very. Uh, respectful of uh, everybody that's done it before however just as john has with the mc and any shakespearean actor mm-hmm. takes over a role that a thousand people have played before um you just 
And if you're lucky to get a director who allows you to try to discover mm -hmm. something new within that. From the past, Fräulein Schneider has been played sometimes as a very old lady. Um, but when I read the script and I that first song, So What?, Uh, so once I was rich, but now all my fortune is gone. So once, um, uh, uh, when I was a girl, my summers were spent by the sea. So what? And I had a maid doing all of the housework, not me. So what? Now I scrub up the floors and I wash down the walls and I empty the chamber pot. It bring. I just thought this woman... Uh, obviously was brought up in a world enriched with love and sort of a good life, not knowing too much pain within her life. But now she's having to uh, have a boarding house. She needs those people to be living in that boarding house and paying the rent. So it, I had to find uh, a, a sort of strength uh, um, of somebody that knows pain, but but puts on a show for the world, but also wants to maintain as much of the goodness of life when all around her is beginning to fall down. Mm. You know, so it's quite a, uh, quite a picture I've made for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, uh, I, I use the word believe mm. uh, because I had a wonderful director called Pauline Grant when I did Peter Pan. I've told this story many times. I, but, was, re I was reading oh, it on my way here. Oh, bless yeah. you. But it, it's true. I, I just, just before each time I go on, I believe, believe, because I don't want it to be a, a game. This is a true story. Mm. Um, well, an embellished true story, but it's something that really happened. And the audience must hold on to that as well as coming to, mm. you know, a glitzy show with wonderful dancers and wonderful music. It looks yeah. great. You've got a fabulous set. I yeah. think this is a really brilliant <laughs> production. And I saw yes, it in it the is. West End. And it's exactly the same on tour. It is literally that West End yes. production is, is yes. touring the Bill Kenwright, of course, our producer. Mm. Mm. He knows how to put on a show, you know. <laughs> have you worked with Bill before? I have. I've done a few plays for him. And then I did uh, Panto at Windsor for course, three years. And uh, and then uh, the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, lass. How do you fancy? <laughs> well, how do you fancy going on tour? Because it's a big deal to go on tour. No matter what stage at your career you're at you know it's, it's a big undertaking so what's your what's your like top tip what's your kind of secret to touring what's in that bag what's your your most treasured kind of thing in your suitcase uh, my hot water bottle <laughs> it doesn't look like my husband at all <laughs> bless his heart um touring is tough uh, we are called gypsies for that sort of reason um but Uh, the, the fulfilment you get from the audience reaction. Uh, you just have to be very, very sensible, actually, mm. on tour, mm. not to uh, go out too late at night, um, get the rest you need. Uh, when I was in Cats uh, and with this company, everybody wants the, each show to be the best ever. Uh, so I know that... Um, All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Um, and I've played Jack as well, you know. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we as a company try to, uh, certainly on the one day that we are not doing two shows a day, uh, we try to either get together or 
just understand that a bit of freedom is needed. Um, you know, I went to Bista today. <laughs> Lovely. Had a little look round those shops. I was going to say, wish for you shopping. <laughs> yeah, that's um, Bista Village is where it's Yes, at. but you know, that just opens up your mind again to real life. Uh, so it's it's just holding that balance and then looking forward to being home on That's Sunday. That's important, isn't it? Because there is kind of stress to some people feel not to use their voice or to, you know, to get ready you for the show. You have to protect yourself, yeah. Which, of course, you do have to do, but you also can't starve yourself of kind of freedom and enjoying yourself. Yes. And, and a little that will... tincture sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about cats. Was cats your first show that you did was that your was that your one of your first I know you obviously did, you've done your cabarets and you've done lots of work but in terms of being in the West End was 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 Cats what came first um well the talk of the town I did five seasons there but that was as you say cabaret um uh do you know are you making me think now I suppose no I did I did the Palladium uh, summer season with Harry Seacombe mm-hmm. and Jimmy Tarbuck Happy birthday, Jimmy, this week. Um, Thora Heard, Freddie Frinton, and Russ Conway. Mm-hmm. You're far too young to remember all those people. But no, are you a very good boy. You've done your research, haven't really you? good about you and Harry Seacombe at the Palladium today. Aww, and he, yes. he took you under his wing and he yes. took you off to do all sorts of other things as Wonderful well. Wonderful gentleman. Uh, and then went back again for another eight months summer season uh, uh, with uh, Tommy Cooper and Clive Dunn. Uh, just magical times in beautiful uh, mm-hmm. Frank Matcham theatres, mm-hmm. um, which you find dotted around the country, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a season at the um, Prince of Wales with uh, Frankie Howard. Uh, and so theatre, and obviously pantomime, Air have done about <clears throat> 140, I think. No, no. Oh, no, you 40. haven't. <laughs> It feels like it sometimes. Um, but um, theatre has played a big part, but also television and yeah. and the carry-ons. So I feel very blessed with the adventures I've had in, in the business. What's interesting, on kind of this podcast, I've spoken to all, all different people. And for people who want to go into theatre, they kind of think there's that one route of kind of going to drama school, then getting your agent, and then landing yourself in the West End. And actually... Kind of by coincidence, a lot of the people I've spoken to have had all sorts of different kind of routes. And I mean, you've very much done all sorts of different things and and crossed mediums, but you've always kind of come back to theatre. So what what is it that's drawn you back? And is it has it been important for you to come back to theatre? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a daily challenge, which I think is good, especially when you're over 21. <laughs> um to be absolutely honest, uh, the phone goes and it's some dif- something different. I love that too. And I'm, I've been lucky enough to be married to a wonderful man who is also creative. Uh, he's a painter. He's, he's written beautiful songs. Um, he's, um, you know, just everything that when you love somebody, you just want to gift that. And so we share that enjoyment of something new Mm. uh, building on it making it grow like a flower and then finding out what's best in that particular role or song or you know he was my recording uh, producer so saying that theatre is my favourite would be wrong 
But at this moment in my life, mm. it's really important to get every show right. Mm. And uh, so it's, it, 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 it's physically very good for one. <laughs> You know, yeah. because you've got you to stay on your toes. You've got to, uh, any minute now, I'm going to be with the boys and girls on that stage, warming up physically, vocally, um, and then spiritually. You, mm. you kind of uh, lift each other into just one level of the street. Mm. Um, I don't mean the street, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, into the world that people have paid their money, yeah. they've come, they've got out of their homes or workplace and they've come here to share this experience. And they don't know what happened yesterday or last week. Exactly. They are just there in that moment. Yeah. What happens yeah. in that moment and isn't that wonderful? Is, is what they'll witness. And I'm yeah. like, that's the magic of it. And that's why like someone like me, I go to, I'm at the theatre several times a week and I think it's the one place so you know we switch off our phones. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and um, you just get lost in another world. And these yeah. people are right in front of you. And I love watching TV and I love watching films. And But for me, it's not it's not the same. It's not nothing grabs me in the way that theatre does. And that's why I love it. But you also are on stage yourself, aren't you? No, time? I'm not. I love that you said that. <laughs> I'm uh, you infuse <laughs> uh, the, the want and the gift of theatre. You you must do it. Thank you. Yeah. I you, love that. You've got to do it. You've got to go on stage. Well, I've been and doing do this. Thing. I've been working. I'm, well, I've been stuck being a journalist today. <laughs> I've been grabbed well, the wrong n- thing. Nothing wrong in that. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's great. But it, it, you've, you've obviously embraced uh, the theatre world and I enjoy, what, it, what it gives. I love it. And I think that's what's really important is that passion. And uh, I think anyone who doesn't love it, perhaps, then it's the wrong thing for them to be doing. And that's yeah. whether you work backstage, on stage, or you're writing about it or talking about it. Well, that's um, to go back to something you said before, when young people are coming into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, last week in Sunderland, we had a, a workshop for about 30 young people who are at uh, stage school or, uh, you know, at school still. Some of them were really young. Um, and they all have stars in their eyes. And you want that. You see the the need of some of these young ones who just just want to be. But where do they want to be? That's, that's what I try to instill is... One, you're going to have to get used to some rejection. So don't let that rejection kill your passion. But understand that if you go to an audition and you you don't get it, it's not that you've done something wrong or you're not good enough. Sometimes the producer or the choreographer or the director has something in his or her mind for that role or that particular job and you don't fit that that particular thing but when you go to the next one you might be just right for it exactly and you wouldn't have been seen for that if you'd have got your other job because you'd be busy and everything works out and uh, ollie who is our leading um dancer and uh, captain here he just said open it up to the universe and there's there's my word believe again you Mm -hmm. see if you have the confidence don't be overconfident and don't uh, pretend try to be as real as you can because a good director or producer will see right mm. through that but on the other hand um, try to hang on to or try to find do your research do your homework before you go for a job so that they can see that 
you you've you know you know what you're about mm-hmm. um but still have that vulnerability as well that says i really need this job <laughs> this chorus line i love it <laughs> This is the best interview I've ever done because oh, it's so it. musical. Um, <laughs> Let's see how many more we can wangle in. Okay, <laughs> my darling. What else can I? Well, how do you deal? How do you deal with when when some, when it is getting? Because obviously there's massive highs and then massive lows. So you personally, how do you deal with those lows? How when things maybe aren't going away and something's not happening and you feel like. You know, the universe isn't in your working in your favour at that moment. How how have you personally kind of dealt with those moments? Ever wondered what it takes to make it in the movie business? Peel back the curtain with four six success filmmaking. Four six success filmmaking is where filmmakers share their stories and the secrets. It's beyond competitive out there. There have been movies that it's taken me 10 years to get made. Don't wait to create. Like, you've got to just keep making stuff. Tune in to 4-6 Success Filmmaking for your dose of cinematic realness, direct from the voices that have lived it. Well, sometimes you can feel very lost. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Terra firma... You're trying to find it, uh, and that is the time to actually stop. Just stop and let life find find yourself again. It's um, this world, uh, as you say, can take you into a stratosphere that's a little bit unreal. And sometimes I do believe that there's somebody out there saying, "Okay, enough." Stop. Time to regroup, regroup your feelings, regroup your soul, regroup. Um, So if it's tough and harsh, uh, sometimes a lesson is is good in the long run. It doesn't feel like it at the time, you know, but it's it. You get it in any walk of life. It isn't just ours. And I think that's right. I think that's putting it into perspective and remembering that. Yes. Exactly that. That's where love comes in. And that's where if you've got a loving family, mum and dad, siblings, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, husband, wife, uh, if you've got love around you, then you have that wonderful aura to sustain the low times. Mm-hmm. And then you know that they're all with you as you, as you re regroup and regrow mm-hmm. you know, so when I've I, been lucky when I arrived at the stage door here and I said I was doing an interview with Anita the lovely lady on stage door said oh, Anita is the nicest person to oh. have ever walked through those doors and that is all I hear when I was, I was with a journalist friend of mine last night Lisa Martland when I mentioned your name and she said that she adores you and has had a fabulous interview with you before so I think there's a lot to be said, isn't there, for being nice to people and re- and treating people the way you kind of want to be treated. And from what I gather, I mean, that is exactly what you've done and beyond throughout your career because everybody loves working with you. And then I guess that kind of people then want to work with you again. So is that something that, that is genuinely important to you? Um, I get. I had wonderful parents. Uh, my my mum and dad. Mummy was um, a country girl, and uh, she she uh, said we've got to get down to brass tacks, and we've got to. She kept us 
our feet firmly on the ground. Daddy loved music. He loved people. He, he was first at the bar buying drinks for people. That I mean, that's a silly thing to say. What he had was the gift of uh, being a people person. Mm-hmm. And so I had the balance with my parents of um, going... Not uh, I was shy as a kid, but going into a room and feeling that there are other people that were feeling shy too, or just touching people, um, feeling comfortable, yeah. um, and just yeah, actually thanking God for what we have, you know, being counting blessings because I've had a lot of those. Mm. Obviously, we need to talk about some of the other things, other things that you've done. So, I mean. Does it, does it blow your mind a little bit when now people still want to talk to you about, say, the carry-on films? And people are still put, stop you in the street in every interview that you do. I'm sure the person sat here is <laughs> asking you all these questions that you've been asked a hundred times before. Does that ever get kind of, oh, do you love looking Oh, no, back? no. Um, I am what I've been. <laughs> I am. I am what I am. Be quiet, Nitty. <laughs> um... No, it, oh gosh, it's wonderful that one, people remember, two, um, when songs like Just Loving You, which you've probably heard the story that Dusty gifted that, or gifted uh, Tom, her her brother, uh, the song Just Loving You, and then Mike produced it, and, and that became part of my life. So I never sing it on stage without looking up and saying, thank you, Dusty. Um, but that also, people fell in love to that song. People got married to that song. Mm. They had a baby to that song. No, not to that song, but do you know what I mean? Um, they come up because it was a, a time of their lives that they remember, and mm. therefore that makes me a part of their lives mm. and isn't that lovely incredible eh? incredible so you know longevity <laughs> <laughs> we won't go any further than that don't you look at me like that <laughs> i don't know what you mean <laughs> and you i've still got my teeth <laughs> Some of them, anyway. And you're currently you're in cabaret, but after this, are we going to get some more cabarets? Some more cabarets yes, in fact, you? Peter Gill, who's my uh, musical director, he came to see this show because he lives in Cheltenham and works in Cheltenham too. And um, yeah, it, we were just saying now we have to rethink the act uh, and bring. Obviously, you've got to do some of the songs from cabaret. Um, so yes. Uh, yeah, we got a few gigs lined up. Yes, <laughs> that's what we. That's what the people need. I need to come. I need to come along okay. to some of that. Yeah. And when you're looking at material now, what, what gets you excited when you are adding kind of stuff in and you are changing it up? Another. I want to talk about Sondheim in a minute because of how we first met. Yes, as well. exactly. So, what what kind of what music? What what gets you excited? When it comes to music and um, looking at a new from. score is exciting. Looking at uh, I I I think I'm a perennial student mm-hmm. uh, because I still get a kick out of somebody sending me a score or a script and reading it for the first time and thinking, oh, ooh, you know, lovely. Yeah. Um, so there's all of that when we as you say, met, it was on the Sondheim rehearsals yes, and the launch, wasn't it? For the 85th it? birthday gala, yes. Of Stephen Sondheim. And that company of players, my golly, 
um, was something else. Again, a magical night. And uh, when all of us girls walked down that staircase and, oh, gosh, that was lovely. The incredible Nicholas Parsons was oh, there. Oh, bless his day. heart. I know. Uh, I worked with Nicholas in a, a huge television show we did where I, I sang Yankee Doodle Dandy and did a big tap routine and he was uh, doing the comedy side. Not many people remember that that one wonderful mm. comedy, but he kept that obviously with um, yeah. Just a Minute and all of those. It was a natural uh, comedic side to him. Um, but then I became a Lady Taverner, which is a cricket charity organization he was president he became president of the lord's taverners and that is they were helping young people uh with disabilities to uh, play cricket to be taken to see cricket um and so we did many many days sundays especially um you know, helping uh, and raising funds. And the Lord's Taverners really still do a wonderful job. Mm. So being with Nick with that and his lovely wife, Annie, Mm. um, that's another thing that our business, show business, um, people get together. uh, It's another joy of of being a part of this showbiz family. We love to, like, mark an occasion. Yes, Like, sometimes 85th birthday. Yes, exactly. You get together, you do what you normally do, but there's something special in the air, you know, Mm -hmm. as you, to use your word, magic in Mm. the air. Sondheim came into the front of British performers right the way through the 60s, 70s, 80s. But his, his magic has to be thought through Mm. Uh, it's it's a deeper it's deeper than Rodgers and Hammerstein you know it's a different sort of musical theatre totally and his his storytelling is again I'm using the same word it is deeper Uh, it's not as frivolous but it is very thoughtful and so as a as an actress you must touch what he touched you have to find it you can't skirt over. You you really have to need it and and get it into what. Mm. Where, why did he feel this depth? You know. Mm. So sorry, I'm, I'm I'm waffling on a bit, aren't I? And tell me about no, not not at all. Every the thing that you've said has been fascinating. <laughs> it's obviously oh. wonderful. Tell me about Leonard Bernstein and this concert that you did. Um, Leonard Bernstein came over to the to attend uh, a concert. Uh, to pay tribute to him at the at the festival hall. Now this is probably nineteen eighty something. Mm-hmm. And if anyone doesn't know Leonard Bernstein, of course, amazing composer, West Side Story, has written all sorts of incredible shows. I first became aware of, of West Side Story when I was 16. I had been to Vegas as a dancer. I had come back. I was skating at the Queen's Ice Rink in London and every lunchtime I went to do um, a, a modern jazz uh, dance uh, class and one day uh, a, a minute figure came into the class and she was the very first anybody's on the West End stage of West Side Story and all of it we just stopped and watched this wonderful beautiful tomboy dancing so ferociously across um, and 
um, it was my first introduction to being away from, I, I was never a ballerina by any means, but I loved watching ballet. But she was, here was a modern technique of dance that went mm-hmm. with that music of West Side Story. And you, you, you're taking me right back to the beginning of, of, of what drives me, what makes me um, pull out from every, every, everywhere. Uh, the energy, the power, the as you do, again, we're using the word passion, mm. um, because you watch other uh, artists and they are so entrenched in, in, in bringing out something magic. Um, and so I, again, you know, I've never forgotten that particular day. Uh, I went back and back and back and she was there twice a week, I think. Um, and so just from a dance class, I still have this picture in my mind's eye, mm. yeah. and then you performed in this in this concert. Sorry, yes, I did. I and went he on was in there. the. Uh, uh, and this so was a major I, moment in your career, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Sing God a simple song, louder, louder. I haven't warmed my voice up yet. Um, sorry about that, folks. Um, I'm a bit throaty today. But he was in the audience. Can you imagine? No, uh, no, I can't. Uh, that was a quite an evening. Quite an evening. I shouldn't have done that, actually. No. <laughs> I think I've damaged something. <laughs> so wonderful. And again, I mean, we haven't even touched on ice skating, but I mean, the, the, all the things that I have skated for 40 years. led you to get into theatre. Incredible. Um, Anita, thank you so much for sitting down with me. This has literally flown by. And you know, you come in and you think you're going to ask all these questions, and then you just, I just, we just had a chat, and it's been spontaneous and oh, you're we've jumped all over the place. And you've never my... lose your dreams, darling. Yeah, I can see you've got lots of them. Well, you've made my Go day. You've made my day by telling Aww. me that I should be. Should we go and have a cup of tea now? <laughs> a cup of tea. <laughs> Actually, get... I've got warm up to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another time. Good luck with cabaret. I Thank hope you. it continues to go well and Thank audiences continue much. to love it. I know they will. And they're lucky. Anyone is lucky to sit in that house and to see you on that stage. Well, all of the, the, the company is wonderful, isn't it? Mm. Truly. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Give so. us a kiss, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Anita. Thank you. Thank you. Cabaret tours the UK until Saturday the 25th of April 2020. Thank you so much to Anita for taking time to record this episode of In The Frame. As you could hear, I absolutely loved every second of doing that interview. Anita truly is the kindest person on the planet. She stayed with me whilst I was packing up and was asking me about my family. We were just chatting for ages. She is honestly such a lovely person and and such a talent. If you enjoyed this episode of In The Frame, it would be amazing if you could leave a cheeky little rating, maybe write a little review, and make sure you check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, to stay up to date with everything going on in the West End and beyond. You can also find West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back next Friday with Noah Thomas and Hiba El-Sheik who are currently playing Jamie and Pretty in the West End production of Everybody's Talking About Jamie.